0: Hello friends, and welcome to the sermons podcast of Christ Church at Grow Farm. One of our goals here at CCGF is to help you take your next step toward Jesus and the person God designed you to be. We hope our sermons help you to take that next step. If you would like more information about the community here at Christ Church at Grow Farm, or if you would like to contact us, you can do all of that and more on our website, which is ccgf.org. And to get an even further taste of who we are, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now, here is this week's message Grace and peace to you. You know, as uh, we prepare, the, the, the title of the sermon this morning is called Fall on Your Knees. Following the passage is found in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, which the pastors just read. But before we begin, let's just have a word of prayer together. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you and praise you for who you are. And I would just ask that you'd forgive me and cleanse me of any sin, and that you'd fill me with your spirit, and you'd speak through me to your people, and we as your people would not just be hearers of your word, but we would be doers of it. For Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, as I was preparing for Light the Night and for this morning, there was a Christmas card that I was reminded of that I received some years ago those of you there there on on Friday and Saturday you heard this but it's so true And this is what it said it said if our greatest need had been information God would have sent us an educator if our greatest need had been technology God would have sent us a scientist if our greatest need was money God would have sent us an economist If our greatest need had been entertainment, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. Our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. You know, I'm closing in on 33 years of ministry. And I can tell you this. After counseling countless numbers of people, What people want to know, what they really want to know, is if they're forgiven. They want to know, am I truly forgiven? There's a story that's told about a father and a son, and they lived in Madrid, Spain. And the son's name was Paco, and Paco was a young teenager, and he was rebelling against his father. Finally, that rebellion came to a head, and Paco ran away from home and broke the father's home broke the father's heart his father began to look for him and he searched for him for weeks but couldn't find him finally out of desperation the father took out an ad in the local newspaper a front page ad that said this dear paco meet me tomorrow on the steps of city hall at 12 o'clock noon And then in big red letters it said, All is forgiven. I love you, Dad. The next morning, Paco's father got up, got dressed, and headed into the city. And he arrived right on time, 12 o'clock noon. And there, on the steps of City Hall, was 800 boys named Paco. 800 boys. All wanting to know. All wanting to know am I really forgiven? Am I forgiven? Just like those 800 boys, those of us in this room, that's what we want to know. You know why? Because in the depths of our hearts, in the deep part of our heart, we know that we have said things and we have done things that we wish we would have never said or ever done. But we said them, and we did them, and we can't rewind the tape And we want to know, really. Because God knows everything about us. He knows our secrets. He knows what we think. He knows what we're doing. He knows what you're going on right now in your mind. He knows everything about us. And we want to know, are we really? God, are we forgiven? And what I want to do in our passage this morning is highlight four truths that will give us the assurance, like Paco, that we're forgiven. And those four truths are, number one, we're going to be looking at the person. Then we're going to look at the people. Then we're going to look at the problem. Then we're going to be looking at the payment. The person, the people, the problem, and the payment. Let's look first of all at the people. The scriptures here in verse 10, it says this. It says in our passage this morning, in verse 10, But the angels said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. What's the good news that brings great joy? Verse 11 tells us. Verse 11 says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So the good news is a Savior's been born the verse represents one of the foundational truths of Christianity. It makes Christianity unique. And the truth is, Jesus Christ was born to be the savior of the world. That's what sets Christianity apart. And why? Because Jesus not only came, but he claimed to be the savior of the world. I remember sitting in an office some time ago, years ago, with a friend of mine. He happened to be a CEO of a major corporation here in Pittsburgh. And he looked at me and he said, Ed, Pastor Ed, I, I just got to ask you a question. I said, sure. And he said, I believe that all religions are the same. And all religions lead us eventually to God. He said, what do you think? I said, I respectfully disagree. I disagree because of who Jesus Christ is. And he looked at me and he said, well, what makes Jesus unique? What's the, what's the difference between him, for example, Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius? I mean, what makes him different than any other founder of any other religion? And I looked at him and I said, well, I can give you a number of reasons, but I'm only going to give you five. Okay, here's five. Number one, I said, Jesus is the only one that was ever born of a virgin. Not a person in the planet that's ever been born... As a, by a virgin, let alone Buddha, Confucius, or Muhammad, Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. Is it second? Jesus Christ claimed to be God. Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius, they didn't claim to be God. Third, Jesus claimed that he himself could forgive you of your sin. No other founder of any other religion made that claim that he alone, they alone, could forgive you of their sin, of your sin. I said, fourth, Jesus claimed that salvation was by grace, not by works. In other words, that he said that salvation was a gift. It was a gift that you receive, not by works, but by faith. Then I told him about a friend, a friend I had in seminary. He was a Hindu. And we were in world religions. We were studying all the religions of the world. And we were talking about salvation. And I said, salvation comes through Christ. And my friend said, no, I don't agree. And I said, I'll tell you what, when we get all done studying the world religions, let's talk about this. He said, okay. So we got done talking all about it. Got done learning all about the religions of the world. He came right up after class, came up to me and said, Ed, you were absolutely right. After studying all the religions of the world, every religion in the world is man trying to reach up to God by being good enough, through works, and then being approved by God. Only in Christianity do you have God reaching down to man through the person of Jesus Christ and providing salvation as a gift that you can receive by faith. I said, my brother, you've got it right. You know what, my Hindu friend understood the truth, but as far as I know, he never received it. And I looked at my friend, my CEO friend, I said, so let me tell you the fifth reason. Fifth reason is, is that Jesus Christ claimed that he was resurrected from the dead. That he walked out of the grave. I said, no other founder of any other religion made that claim. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, not Confucius. Matter of fact, you can go to their grave site and you can see where they're buried. They're still in the ground. But if you go to the place where Jesus Christ is buried, the tomb is empty. Why? Because he walked out of the grave and he lives. And I looked at him and I said this, you're right when you say that all the other religions, because they are a religion. You see, their founders are dead. All you can do is put into practice their teachings. But with Jesus Christ, it's not about worshiping somebody who's dead or teachings. It's worshiping a person, a person who's alive and desires a relationship with you. You can know him in a personal way. It's not just about embracing the truth of what he said. It's embracing the truth himself. Far as I know, my friend said to me, Hey, you have given me a lot to think about, Pastor Ed. Far as I know, he's never received the truth. How about you? You just heard the truth. I ask you, really, what do you say about that? What would keep you from believing what I just... Check it out. Go look at it. Jesus Christ is uniquely different than any human being ever walked on the face of the earth because he wasn't just a human being. He was the God man. He was the savior of the world. Listen, he did not come to be a social reformer, he didn't come as a political leader, he didn't come as a religious founder. He came as the savior of the world. The savior. He's the one that can guarantee that you're forgiven and heaven is your home. He can guarantee it because he walked out of that grave. Listen to this. This is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 19.10. He said, the Son of God came to seek and save that which is lost. In John John, uh, 14, verse 6, it says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And then the scriptures teach us this. Over in John chapter 3, verse 17, it says this in our scripture. And I love this verse because it's so clear and so plain. Here it is, chapter 3, verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. What's bad about that, folks? He didn't come to condemn us. He came to what? Save us. Say it again. Save us. Do you believe that? Yes. Well, who did he come for? Did he come for just some of the people? No, he came for all. Look what it says in verse 10. Look at this. Verse 10 says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for some of the people. No. Say it with me. All the people. That doesn't mean just some of us. That means all of us. That means you. That means me. See, Jesus didn't just come for the Jews, he didn't come just for the Gentiles, he didn't just come to show up, if you will, for the weak, or just for the strong, or just for the poor, or just for the rich. He came for everyone, all of us. You know why? Because we all have the same problem. Every one of us in this room, this is what's great, we all have the same problem. The problem is this, that God wanted a relationship with us, but we didn't want a relationship with him. We've all gone off and done our own thing. And the Bible calls doing your own thing, sin. And Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says this, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're all like Paco. We've all rebelled against God the Father. And because we rebelled against him, just like Paco and and his father, that relationship has been broken. It's been severed. But thank God... God so loved us, it says, for God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. He came searching for us. He came looking for us. He came because I already told you in Luke chapter nineteen ten. he came to seek and save that which is lost. lost. That's us. He came for you and me. And he came so that you can be forgiven and brought back into a right relationship with the heavenly father. You know, people come to me often and say this, Pastor Ed, you know, why did Jesus have to die, though? Why did he have to die such a suffering death? I mean, God's God. Why couldn't he just say to everybody, you're forgiven? He he could have just said, you're forgiven, and that would have been it. Why do you have to send Jesus? And when I ask that question, I usually answer with another question. The question is, let me ask you this. Why doesn't our present-day legal system... Just say to everybody, you're forgiven. (laughs) It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done or who you've done it to. We're going to forgive everybody and just let you all go free. And they always look at me and say, Pastor Ed, then that wouldn't be fair. There'd be no justice. I said, exactly right. That's the truth. And just as that's true among us, it's true in heaven. God has to be true to himself and to his laws, He has to be just to his laws. And the Bible says that all of us have sinned, so we've broken God's laws. And the Bible says this, the wages of sin is death. So when we broke God's law, our relationship with God is dead. That's the bad news. The bad news is if you die for your sin, you're dead forever. You're separated from God. However, God so loved us, he gave his only son. Jesus came searching. He was born in a manger, but he didn't stay in that manger. He grew up as a man, and he went to a cross, and he died on that cross. Why did he die on that cross? He died on that cross to satisfy God's law. The wages of sin is death. Somebody's got to die. He who knew no sin, no sin, took our place. He stepped on on your behalf. He sacrificed himself and died so that you could be forgiven. And then he walks out of the grave. He walked out of the grave. You know what this means to us. It means, that's why we celebrate Easter, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. He walked out of the grave. You see, he paid for your sin. But then he walked out of the grave, so he overcame sin and death. And he alone has all the power and the authority to forgive you of your sin. And he's alive. And he's the one who paid the penalty and satisfied the law. And he's here this morning, and he's saying to you, come on home. Christians, come on home. All people, come on home. Like Paco's father, you know what? He put it right in writing for us. He sent out a major ad in a paper called the Bible saying to you and me, hey, look, you're all forgiven. I love you, Dad. He loves you. He wants this relationship. Question is, what did he really do when he paid the penalty, Pastor? Well, he paid your sin in full and he made it possible for you to be forgiven. Let me give you a modern day illustration to help you understand. Here it is. Talking about the payment, that Jesus Christ died and paid our sin, paid our penalty, and satisfied the law. There was a woman, she was driving through the state of Georgia, and she was going 70 in a fifty-five. And a police officer pulled her over, gave her a ticket. She stood before the judge. She's standing there, and the judge looked there and said, Madam, speed limit is 55. You were going 70, and you broke the law. The law requires that you give $100, pay a $100 fine, or spend a night in jail. And the woman looked at the judge and said, Your Honor, I can't pay. I don't have $100. And I can't spend a night in jail, Father. I mean, Judge, I can't. I got kids at home, little ones. I have nobody to watch them. Judge looked at her and said, Madam, I can't change the law. The law requires you pay $100 or you spend a night in jail. The woman now with tears rolling down her cheeks looked at the judge and said, Your Honor, I can't pay. Can't do it. And I can't spend a night in jail. I can't. Is there any other way? Have mercy. And the judge looked at her and pushed himself away from the bench. He walked over to his closet and he took off his robes. He hung them up. Then he took his suit coat, very simple suit coat, put it on, walked down and stood right next to her pulled out his wallet, took out a $100 bill, laid it on the bench, then walked back up on the platform. This time, he didn't take off his coat. He took his robes, put them back on, came back over in front of the bench, behind the bench, looked at her and said, Madam, you were caught going 70 in a 55. The law demands, requires that you spend a night in jail or you pay a hundred dollar fine. oh, somebody paid your penalty, paid it in full. You satisfied the law, you're free to go, you're forgiven. And that woman, true story, walked out of the court. Look right here. Two thousand years ago, Jesus Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Son of He took off his robes of divinity. He took off his robes of authority, of honor. He put them, if you will, away for a while. He came down and he put on that simple coat, humanity. He became one of us, the incarnate, the God-man. He came and he was born in a manger. He grew up as a man. He came up close and personal with each and every one of us and he loves us up close and personal. And then he laid down that $100 bill with his life. He paid our debt in full, our penalty. And then he walked back up and walked not only into the grave, but out of the grave. They put him in the grave, he walks out and he lives. And now he ascends onto the right hand of the Father. And when he gets there, now he puts back onto his robes. And now he sits at the right hand of the father and the Bible we just read teaches us that Jesus Christ is the one who will judge the living and the dead and if you know the Lord Jesus Christ and you will stand there the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord that will happen regardless of what you think or say you do it now you're forgiven you wait till you see him there it's too late you bow down and bow down now Jesus Christ the savior of the world and the judge of the world sees that you put your faith in him and you are forgiven and he declares you not guilty not guilty and those of you that are sitting back there just kind of sitting there like that man when that day shows up you're not gonna be sitting back there like that When he stands, when you stand before him, you're going to be accountable for everything you ever said and ever did. In secret, everything. But if you know him, your slate's clean. So the question is, how do I know him, Pastor? How can I know that I'm forgiven? We've said it, for God so loved you that he gave his only son that whoever believes. What's it mean to believe? It's a simple ABC A, B, C. A, you admit. You admit you're like a Paco. You've gone astray. You're not perfect. You need a Savior. B, you believe what Jesus Christ did on the cross, he did for you. He did that for you. And C, you commit. You make a commitment. Jesus is already committed to you. And anytime you start a relationship between two people, there has to be a commitment. When I got married to my wife, Tammy, I was there and she it was 33 years ago. She was committed to me and I needed to commit to her. And when I committed to her, I didn't do it privately. I did it publicly. I made sure everybody knew that I was committing to her. And when I committed, I committed everything to her. Everything that I had, everything that I was, I was committed. Jesus is already completely committed to you. The question is, are you committed to Him? Because it's about starting a relationship. Not about a religion. It's not about you doing good things. It's about fully surrendering to a person and giving your life to them. If you've never done that, then you've got to question whether you stand before God and you'll be forgiven. But you can end that right here now. Simply close your eyes. Everyone, bow their heads. I'm going to give you an opportunity to know for certain that you know Jesus Christ. So, bow your heads, close your eyes. And in your mind's eye, I want you to see Jesus because he's here. He's coming right up to you. Do you see him? Walking right up to you personally. And he's saying to you, I love you and I want to forgive you. I'm committed. Are you committed? And if you've never committed yourself, then commit. Commit. I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray. And the prayer is very simple. The prayer doesn't save you. Jesus does. But maybe you might be here today and you're struggling. Like, what am I supposed to say, Pastor? So let me help you. And I'm going to pray this prayer. And this is a prayer for those of you that have never received Christ. You're not sure. You're not certain. You want to cement that today. But then as believers, those of you that know that you're believers, I want to ask you this. Are there secrets in your life? Are there things going on and you're wondering if you really can be forgiven for that? Things that you watch, things that you see, the things that you do, the things that nobody knows about. You're sitting out there wondering is that going to be forgiven? I'm asking believers today you pray you confess and jesus says this god says his word i will forgive them of all their sin if they confess it all of it past present and future those of you that don't know the lord you're not sure pray this prayer with me dear lord jesus i know i'm a sinner and i ask you to forgive me i believe you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. And I turn from running my own life. And now I ask you to run it. I invite you to come into my life and my heart. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your spirit. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. With everyone's head still bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer with me, would you please just raise your hand and prayed that prayer? Thank you. Anybody else pray that prayer? Many of you? Thank you so much, folks. Those of you that are raising your hands, it's very important that you come talk to somebody. It's very important because now you are not just a creation of God. You became a child of God, and you just joined the family of God, and you need to grow. You need to mature. I didn't know God for 22 years of my life. When I came to know Christ, I had never been in a church before. You need people to come around you come talk to the pastors let us know that you prayed today get into a small group get somewhere where you can grow this is a tremendous Christmas God is doing tremendous work people of God look right here everybody look right here I don't know if you know it if you understand it but you don't know what you're part of right now I mean there's people coming to know Christ by the hundreds many people responded today do you understand what you're part of Man, if you're not part of it, lock arms with us. Invite people this Christmas season. Expect God to do something on Christmas Eve. Expect him to do it. He'll do it. He'll use you. He will win those friends and those families and those people that you love. You bring them. You be faithful. God will be faithful to you. Don't miss another season. Don't miss another year. Bring them. Bring them so that they can know what you know, and the truth will set us free. Amen? We love you. God bless. Merry Christmas.